0: So we're going to continue in our, in our study of 1 Peter. I hope you've been reading along on your own. Uh, we're going to talk about that today and why that's important to you, but I really hope that in your own life that you're doing the work of, of getting into the Word of God, that you would not, I, I pray that you would not be content to come on a Sunday and listen to what I have to say to you and just go, yeah, okay, that's, I'll take his word for it, okay? I hope that you are actually opening the pages and um, getting your hands in there and, and, and really prayerfully examining Scripture I contend, or I hold, I believe strongly that this is the inspired word of God. And, and I mean that, that this, this word changes your life. And so if you're not engaging in the life-changing word, um, you're missing out, you know. You're missing out. And so there's nothing like uh, doing it yourself. So I'd encourage you to do that. I hope you're doing that. The book of 1 Peter, by the way, is a, a very uh, easy read. You can read it in just a couple of hours, really. And... Um, and it's, a, it's got a lot of things going on in it. We're going to talk through them all together. But I want to remind you that the, the, as we've been doing, the book of First Peter was written by Peter, who was a fisherman who just met Jesus. That's all that happened to Peter. He met Jesus, and everything changed. And so I hope that as we read the word, uh, we understand it's inspired by God, and yet we understand it's a story about people like us. People like you and me who would look back like Peter does at the end of his life and can't imagine who he'd have been if he hadn't met Jesus. Completely transformed by the Son of God. And so I hope that that's your uh, way we're engaging in this text today as well. And the second thing is um, I want to remind you that last week we left off with a really difficult verse. I would say a difficult verse um, because it's very simple but it's very um, profound. And I think a lot of times... As followers, as believers in Jesus, we leave out the hard parts of Scripture, you know? We, we just take the, the easier stuff that's kind of more palatable. But there's some hard things that we run across in Scripture that we have to kind of contend with. And last week, is, it's a subtle thing. It sounds easy enough. Uh, but the word we ended with last week was, be holy as I am holy, right? And Peter's quoting Scripture there, and he says, as it's written, be holy as he is holy, as God is holy, or as Jesus is holy. Be holy in the same way. And I told you last week that the rest of this book was going to start to dig into that reality about how we are called to be different because of Jesus, right? And we're going to talk through that a little bit, what that looks like uh, in our lives. So if you brought a Bible today, I'd encourage you to open it up right now. We're going to actually, I'm going to pop ahead here and we'll pray, but um, we're going to be in First Peter 3, uh, Chapter 1, verse 17, 840, if you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one of ours, and every row has a Bible there for you. Grab one of those, page 840, um, and we're going to start in verse uh, 17, which is right where we left off last week as well. Not only is the Word of God inspired, our time with God is inspired, and today I'm going to ask that you would pray with me that God would reveal himself through his Word. Father, today we've come here to worship you, and part of that worship, we believe, is opening your Word and hearing it again and then thinking it through, and then applying it to our lives. And so today, Father, we confess before you that we can't do that, that we are inadequately equipped to do that on our own. And yet, we've been inspired by your Holy Spirit to see truth, to proclaim the good news, to come to know Jesus as Savior. And so today, Father, in every way, we ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to your word. We ask that uh, the places that we lack wisdom, you would grant it. The places that we lack understanding, you would grant it. The places that we need revelation, you would grant that. And Father, not for our glory, you know, but that at the end of the day, we would stand and be amazed at who you are and how much you're loving us and saving us. So we give you praise and glory today for this word for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to pick up, and I'm just going to read through as and we'll kind of get in the habit of doing this. I'm going to read through this scripture, and then we're going to talk through it kind of um, as we go through here. Starting in verse 17, we're just going to pick up where we left off. It says this. Peter writes, and he says, Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your, your sake. Through him you believe in God, and who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and your hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from your heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Because all men are like grass, and all their glory is like flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and the stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They humble them they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So that's why I, I want to kind of walk through that text, that uh, scripture today, and just hear, like we've been doing, some of the, the messages that Peter has for the church. Now, I, I, I want to remind you that he writes to people who, were, who didn't have it all. They were, they were struggling together. They were having a hard time in life. And he writes this letter as both an encouragement and, and a, a rebuke of some things that the church had taken on. But the first kind of thought we want to start with, by the way, I want to talk for a moment about what we're, the whole concept today and who Peter writes to is, is the, I always say the big C church, right? The big C church. And I think it's vitally important that you and I grasp, really understand the difference between the little C churches and the big C church, okay? And as simply as I can explain it is this, little C churches are these organizations like Family Bible Church, that we put together and we try to sort of create a structure that helps us be the people of God more effectively, but really serve no purpose beyond that. They, they glorify God in their time, but there's nothing inherently holy or righteous or pure about the institutions we create as men. But we do it to better glorify God. That's what I hope we do here at Family Bible. But then there's the big C church, which is the people of God who are being redeemed for his purpose. You understand the difference there? And so what's funny is you'll say, um, I used to always get on people, they would say, are you going to go to church today? You going to church today? You know, I'm not going to church. You know? And I used to always say, you are the church. I would tell everybody that. You are the church. Church isn't somewhere you go, it's who you are. But it's kind of true. Because you're here today, you came to church, right? The difference is this. The little seed c- churches may come and go. I mean, you look through the ages, they've been coming and going, coming and going, struggling, rising, falling. But the big C church, the redeemed people of God, are succeeding. They're being compelled forward by God's presence. So I want to say this, that the first thing I want you to understand is what I'm talking about, because we're going to, I'm going to throw up this header today, and it's going to say the churches. This is the big C church. This isn't saying, you know, family Bible only or anything else like that. It's saying the people of Jesus Christ who are called as those who are in his train entering into heaven are part of the big C church, and this applies for them today. And the first thought from scripture today is this. The big C church are strangers while on earth. I put is, is strangers while on earth because it's an institute, it's this big organization that Jesus is heading up, the Big C Church. And as one uh, people, we are strangers or also the word can be interpreted foreigners while in this world. Okay? Now look back with me, if you would, in verse 17 of 1 Peter. It says this Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, right? Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. This is a command of how we are to exist in the world. Here means where you are right now. And he says, wherever you are in your life, live your life as strangers here, right? As um, foreigners here. Another word you may have heard this used here is aliens. You know um, Like aliens You know you hear all the things about People out there Peter's making a claim I want to I want to back up right quick And look at who he addresses The letter to Just look back in the first verse Of this book He says I'm Peter An apostle of Jesus Christ And I'm writing to God's elect Strangers in the world It's the same thing Aliens Foreigners In the world now, I don't know if you have cool gadgets on your phone and stuff, but I have a couple of, my phone's old, but I have a couple of cool gadgets on it. And earlier today, um, I was just, I looked this up right quick. I have this little, like, um, I don't know, magic Bible in a, whatever this is, <laughs> you know? And um, I was reading here, the, the Greek is, it means someone who is journeying through a strange place. We are strangers here on earth. We are strangers in this world in this time. And, and we are here for a little while. It says, as one, the word is sojourners, right? The old word, sojourners, you know. You are a people that is destined for somewhere else and you are passing through. And that is true. And so Peter is saying something about our relationship with the world should, we'll start to look like that in our lives. Like this isn't all there is for us. That we're on our way somewhere together. That God has called us into his kingdom. And so the truth is that um, we 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 have this reality that we are living as strangers here, Peter says, in reverent fear, meaning we know there's more than this and we acknowledge a higher power than what we see with our eyes, what's right around us. And the world will try to get you to be compelled to obey all the power you can see. But they will want to dismiss any power beyond their own, any power beyond what the world wants to impose. They say, that power doesn't exist. Don't believe in it. Don't be obedient to it. And that's a lie. Because there's a greater power than the power in the world. And that's the power of God and his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're compelled as the church of Jesus Christ to to be strangers here in reverent fear while we're in this time uh, for a while. And this is important because we're going to get into some of the ways that you might, you might sense things start to get strange for you, you know? Um, I want to keep, keep going through here. Look at what he says. Live your lives here in reverent fear as strangers. For you know that it was not with perishable things, this is a key, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers... Right, but by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And I, we're going to stop there. It's hard to stop there because the 20 it keeps going. But the truth is, if you see what he's setting up there, he's saying, you weren't bought with gold or silver. You weren't bought because of your parents' lineage. You weren't bought because you belonged to the right people. You were bought with the blood of Christ. If you were in the big C church, he paid in full for you. He staked a claim in your life. And he said, this one's mine. And so our claim, the reason that this world might seem, uh, we might seem strangers in this world is because we don't claim the authority of this world. We don't claim the riches of this world. That's not what saves us. And so instead of depending on all the stuff that, that the world would have us depend on, your, your financial stability or your lineage or who you are, who you know even, we say that we are born of God. And the word's going to say that in just a moment. That we were born of God. Verse 20. Jesus was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Now, I said to you earlier about Abram going into the land, and the people say, our father is Abraham, right? You you know, this is our, our father. And yet, the word says that Jesus, what's it say? was chosen before the creation of the world for his role and was revealed at the last time for our sake. And so you have this, if you look at, like, history as an arc, you know, what Peter's saying is that Jesus presupposes everything. He preexists everything. And he's revealed now for who? For me and for you. You know, the word of God says the prophets longed to see these things come true. And you and I just kind of go, yeah, I get it. Jesus is the Messiah. I heard that at church Sunday. You know, Jesus saves. I got it. I saw it on the overpass. You know what I mean? What? The one who was before all creation, the word. John says that nothing was made without him. Super cool stuff. And so Peter says, because of this, your lineage, your heritage is not in stuff or in in what your circumstances are, but in the truth of the word of God who is redeeming all creation. He's he's conforming us to his will and his purpose in our life. And like Abraham becomes Abram, you and I are transformed through this experience and following Jesus. I want to give you a very tangible example, if we can, just for a minute. This is kind of a touchy spot, but we're going to try to walk through here a little bit and think about this for a moment. Because I know right now in our country, we have a big thing going on with people who don't belong here, right? You know? And we just had a little thing here in Highland where, where some businesses were like they, they, they lost all their workers because they didn't belong here, right? One of my favorite restaurants. <laughs> they were just gone one day. <laughs> it's true, you all know? I didn't know what happened until I read it in the paper. Listen, there's something about our trip here that's the same way. I want you to think about that. I was watching some things about how dangerous it is for someone who doesn't, who isn't legally born in this country or allowed to be in this country to cross. And I'm going to try to set aside the politics that for a moment. I want to think about what that journey is like for them. There's someone that would come, and they would give everything they have to make it across the desert, that they might find a place, a little quiet corner, a little kitchen to wash a pot in because they have entered into this place, you know, that they don't really belong that they're constantly afraid that someone's going to come and take them. And and what Peter says here is you and I are aliens on earth. That this whole experience in some way is somewhere we, we aren't called to our finality. We're called here for a while. Very cool. Very cool stuff. And then all those things, you see, put everything in perspective because then we begin to have, you know, joy in spite of suffering. He's writing to the suffering church. We begin to have hope when it seems we should have none because God is calling us to greater things than the world can ever understand. And I hope that you have that in your own life. I hope that you see that in your own life. You are called to greater things than the world will ever understand. And there may be no glory in it for now. Be obedient to that call. We, you and I are on this journey toward God's kingdom. And there we will be home. And that's what the word says. There will be home. What will that be like that day? The day we show up and God goes, you're finally here. Huh? The place where you and I can't get thrown out of where our enemies are defeated. That's the place where God lives, and you and I are headed there. So some things in the world should seem strange to us. The second thing I want to say is this, and this is kind of a crazy thought, but um, it goes on to say that... um, uh, you and I are reborn through the word. I want to I kind of pick up here in 22. It says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. And actually what the word says there is love one another with all of your hearts. That means give yourselves over to each other in love. I mean, just sell out that painful experience of loving each other in spite of everything that's going on. He says, love each other with your whole heart because you have been born again. Now listen to what the word says. Not of a perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And he goes on to quote this. For all men are like grass and there are, fl- there are flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers will fall, but the word of God stands forever. Okay? And we can take that to mean, you know, God spoke and it's true and that's true. I want to walk through three ideas of what this word of God is. The first is this. The Gospel of John opens and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all that. And nothing was made apart from Him. That's the Word of God. If you go 14 verses later, you'll find out that's Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. He is the Word of God. And so whenever I say we're reborn through the Word of God, the first thing I want you to think of is we're born through Jesus Christ. Okay? But there's other things that we can think about with the Word of God as well. And I'm sure you you may have gone there before I did when I was thinking about this. The second is um, the word of God, meaning the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The only reason there's a New Testament is because Jesus came. And if Jesus hadn't come, we'd have the Old Testament, that would be it. You know, and we would love the Old Testament. But we have the New Testament because the Messiah came. And so this becomes the word of God, the good news about Jesus Christ. And so whenever we call the Bible the word of God, we're saying there's a proclamation in here about the gospel, the one who has come to save us, the good news. Now, the third thing is this. The whole scripture is the word of God. And that's what he quotes here. And he says, all, you know, uh, the, the the, the flowers of the field will pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. So there's an eternal truth in this book. And it's different from any other book in that way. And that's why it's so offensive to people. Because we think we know it all already. And we don't need God telling us what's what. It's the word of God. But here's the thing. The whole testament of Scripture, the old and the new, is about Jesus. What did it say last week? The prophets longed to see Messiah come. They were praying, God, Jeremiah was one of my favorite prophets, and he just wanted out of this mess. How long will we wait, Father, for your redemption? So the, we can't say, like, well, the New Testament's about Jesus, and the Old Testament's about this angry God who doesn't really like people, and he's kind of mad about everything. It's not true. It's all about Jesus, the redemption of his people. If you look at Hebrews 11, it goes back through and says, you know, by faith, by faith, by faith. What's that mean? It means they received what they were promised in God. It means Abram is right there in the bosom of God in the promises of Jesus Christ. Amazing stuff. But you and I are reborn in the Word of God. And I want to just say this. Jesus will transform you. And he said that, by the way, to Nicodemus in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. But this is the thing. You see, we are reborn through, through the Word of God, even by engaging it in Scripture. That's what I'm saying to you. If you don't know what the Word of God says, how will you ever know who you are in Christ? And too many of us just sit back and go, well, oh, the preacher can figure it out. Guess what? There's a day coming. And if you aren't understanding how the Word applies to your life, you're being a disobedient Follower of Jesus. I don't want to be that guy. And so I hope for you and for your sake, for the sake of your life, even while you're here on earth, you are into the Word of God. Two things he says about the Word of God. The first is this it's a living Word, it's active, it's moving, it's not passive. And if you know my story, one of the things that happened to me is I dared to engage the Word of God for what it was. That's what happened to me. Someone said, Read it, it's a living Word. And I'm like, living whatever, you know? It's a book on pages, it's dead trees, dead rice, whatever this thing is, right? I've already seen it. And it wasn't true. God breathed, inspired, holy word of God. I hope you're engaging it. And the second is this, it's the enduring word of God. He says, the word of God is living and it's enduring and it will not pass away. So there's no, like, loophole at the end that we're going to be able, you know, it's, it's the truth. God only speaks the truth. And so you and I are reborn. Now, that's what's kind of um, a little wild is that he says uh, we're reborn uh, of the Word of God. I want, I want to read through there uh, and just show you where that's at real quick. It says... Um, Because you have, in verse 23, because you have been born again, not of perishable seeds, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God, right? Through the living and enduring word of God. And I would say primarily that's Jesus Christ, but that's a testimony about Jesus Christ as well. And it's about the gospel that you've heard about Jesus Christ as well. It's birthing us again. We're born again. So here's the thing, right? Read on with me. Verse, chapter 2, this is where it starts getting heavy here in, in, in the letter from Peter. He starts getting on some business and he says this, Therefore, followers of Jesus, big C church, people who are being redeemed by the holy God of all creation. He says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all slander of every kind right? And you go, man, I got to get rid of all that stuff. And he says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation, now that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And what this kind of said to me is what I wrote up there, you know, is that you and I, even though we may have accepted Jesus as our Savior, and we may have said that at some time in our lives, yeah, I've gone forward, I had the big altar call moment, but you and I crave things that God does not, is not calling us to crave. And you and I are responsible for what we really want, what we really crave. As a matter of fact, um, Paul in one of his letters makes the case that before Christ, you had no choice. Before you knew Jesus as Savior, you couldn't choose right from wrong. You just chose wrong, 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 wrong. No way could you make a right choice. But in Jesus, we have the ability to make the right choice. And what's funny is um, some people would say, well, you know, um, we're, we don't mess up anymore once we're believers. Huh, right? I, I'm not like that. This is what I want. Where he says, like a newborn baby, craves spiritual milk. You ever seen a baby? They just, they just cry out. They're like, Father, I want that stuff from you. I don't want all this malice and, and deceit and envy and hypocrisy. And I hope in your mouth it tastes nasty when you see that in your own life. He says, crave the pure spiritual milk so that you can grow up into your salvation. Man, that'd be glorious, right? This is all part of that journeying with Jesus thing. This is all part of following him as our Lord and our master. Why? Because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, right? That he is good, pure, and holy. And so in that way, we continue to follow. Now, read with me in verse four. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. And we'll leave that aside for a moment. Um, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And that's a mouthful. But I want you to see that as you come to him, you are being built into a holy, uh, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. That you and I, as we seek Jesus, he is building us into his kingdom, right? And, and, And this is... You know, what we talk about all the time here at Family Bible Church and, and other places, and it gets kind of, but all this is built on Jesus the Messiah and nothing else. And I'm sure you're maybe sitting there going, I know this stuff already, right? Here, here's what happens. You see, I, I, have, I have the kind of experiences where, where um, people go, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. It's, you know, I love that and it's, it's cool. And, and then yet, um, there's, you hear some things that we confess to one another, and I'm sure I do it too, and I hope you'll call me out when it happens. Where I, I find myself holding on the promises of other things besides Jesus. There, there's some stuff that, that we'll put up in our lives and we'll say, well, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm only here for a little while be- because I'm kind of a good person. You know what I mean? I mean, we do that to ourselves. I, I've been doing the best I can. Well, what do you want from me? Um, I'm doing the best I can. That's not what our promises are in, Our best ability. Our promises in this kingdom, this home that we're going to, are found on nothing less than Jesus Christ himself. And we we just read that in in, uh, those verses there. As we come to the living stone, that's Jesus Christ, we are like living stones being built into a holy priesthood and therefore offering spiritual sacrifices that God finds acceptable because of Jesus Christ. And then he says, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And so that's half the equation, is that as we follow Jesus, as we come to him, we are being transformed through that experience. But we're built on Jesus. And so here's the either or kind of situation. And this is something we don't talk about a lot. But Jesus will either be, you know, I put, I put that up there, that we're built on Jesus Christ, that he's either going to be the rock we stand on or the rock that we trip over and knock our front teeth out. You know what I mean? It says he's a building block or a stumbling rock. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the truth for every one of us. And so you might be thinking, man, I'm doing good. And that was me too, right? You might be thinking, I'm doing good in life. I got it all figured out. No problem, no problem. And then one day, God's just like waiting. And then he's like, there's the rock. That's my rock. You're going to trip on my rock. Look out, my rock. And you go, bam, like that. All your teeth are missing. You're like, I don't know what's going on. What happened? Our hope for you is that that happens before you don't have a choice anymore. There is no better thing to trip him. Break yourself on in Jesus Christ. I believe he he requires that to conform us to his will. And then we begin to put the pieces on the rock of Jesus. and, and, And that's the experience that we have. Look at what the word says. Peter writes this to the churches and he says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone, the chief stone. And then he says this, a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that will make them fall. And that's the truth of the gospel. And so for you and I, you know, I hope, I just long so much, and for myself and for you as well, that we cling to nothing but Jesus Christ. That we would put faith in nothing else but Jesus Christ. And we can do, you know, I've been to church my whole life. We can do, my granddaddy was a preacher. We can say all kinds of stuff. But the truth is that you have to know Jesus as Savior. And you'll know it because you're being born again. Born again from the word of God. And everything else needs to fall away. All the stuff. I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. And I don't know if you've ever done that. And maybe, you know, you were like, I went down that one time. I prayed at one thing. But I want you to think through your life and what you're experiencing and wonder, what are you clinging to, really? What is it that you're putting all your confidence in? And I'm going to encourage you today to put all of it, all your eggs in one basket, in Jesus' So pray with me if you would. Father God, we come to you today as people who maybe have stumbled and fallen and knocked our teeth out, you know. Maybe today we're, we're confused and lost and alone and we don't know who to trust or how to trust. Father, today I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit we would cling to Jesus. That like Peter says of the Big C Church, we're those who are being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and that no one can stop us from entering glory with you. Not because we have the power, but because you have spoken over your children. Today, Father God, for the hearts that feel so far from you, I pray that you would just show them how close you are. And Father, for, for all the stuff that we let get in the way of our relationship with our Savior, Jesus, and our Master, I pray you would remove it so we might be mature in our faith and pursuing our Lord. Today, Father, our confession is simple. We trust no one but you. No one but Jesus. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for your living word. Thank you for your inspired spirit of God that dwells in us. Pray these things by his power and in his name. Amen. Now here's the thing. You see, It's just like that that you and I become inheritors of the kingdom of God. And and I want to ask you to do something, and, and uh, this isn't, I'm not going to do anything weird, but if you prayed that prayer today, or if maybe you prayed it for the first time, you said, well, you know, I did it at church when I was eight, but you know, you really meant it, you prayed it, that you were going to give everything to Jesus and trust him all completely, I'm going to encourage you to check that box on your card and drop it in those green boxes in the back, because I want to be praying with you for your walk with Christ. And that'll be it. Nothing weird in that, I promise. But I know that God transforms lives through these decisions. I hope that you trusted him completely and utterly today with everything. So here's the last thing we have and we're going to we're going to jump back into some praise here. I want you to see that the church is created to praise Jesus. That's why we're here. We're here to praise Jesus. And it happens here in, in chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, But you were a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God himself, that you might, what? Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into light. Listen to what it says. Once you were not even a people, but now you are the people of God. And once you had no mercy, but now you've received Mercy. And I, I kind of wanted to end there today with this thought that what is the church for, the big C church, and it's to praise Jesus. That's our call. And some of the stuff we do in here, and I said earlier, we get caught up in that, this, the, the praise and the worship, is us just praising Jesus, but it happens more than here. It happens out there in your life as well. I'm going to ask Dan and the band to come back up right now, and they're going to get set up behind me. But I want you to prepare your hearts to respond to the gospel of Jesus in your life. You know, this morning, I heard somebody in the front, they were trying to clap. right? They were like the, I'm looking right out. <laughs> Listen, there's something about praising God. not want to be fake, or artificial, if you need to stand there, stand there, but let God's praise come in, come out from inside of you, to him. Let him receive the glory and the honor. You know why? It's what the church was made for praising Jesus. So I'm just going to invite you now to stand and and praise Jesus with us and then we'll kind of wrap up today.